Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Scott Chu. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. As he said, my name is Scott Chu. You can find me on Twitter at IfTheChuFits. That's if the C-H-U fits. Let's get right to it. I only got four pages of notes, so I should be able to get through it pretty quickly. Starting on the injury front, my guy, Tarek Skubal hits the IL with arm fatigue. I want you to resist the temptation to call this a precursor to some kind of injury. That's pure speculation. It really does sound like he's only going to miss a start or two for now, but we'll see how that goes, especially as he starts to ramp back up. David Bednar of the Pirates also hitting the IL, this time with back issues. Will Crow is a solid ad for saves if you need any. He may have been dropped recently in even deeper leagues when Bednar ended up not being traded on Tuesday, so he's definitely the guy to get there. Avisail Garcia hits the IL with a hamstring issue just as he'd been starting to heat up as he was hitting 282 since the break. Ross Stripling will hit the 15-day IL with a hip or glute strain, so definitely something to keep an eye on. He will miss his start today. Shohei Otani pitched well yesterday, more on that later, but did leave the game early due to some forearm cramps, but he's not really expected to miss any time, and he's actually expected to bat for the in the Angels' next game. Ty France, who's having some issues with his wrist, should be back for Friday's game. Frankie Montas was placed on the bereavement list. He's now slated to start on Sunday. Kyle Gibson is on the bereavement list, but he should be reinstated for Friday's start. Gene Segura also looks to be activated by the Phillies tomorrow, in fact, so we'll have to keep an eye on the way the middle infield shakes out in Philly between Stott, Segura, and Didi Gregorius. The word on the street is that Fernando Tatis Jr. is looking to begin a rehab assignment within the next week, possibly as early as this weekend. Brandon Crawford will be activated from the IL on Saturday. Deeper leagues can definitely make a note of that. Prospect Towns will be happy to hear that Orioles top pitching prospect Grayson Rodriguez is progressing in his return from a lat injury and was seen throwing from 120 feet. Brian Bello left his start for the Red Sox early with a groin strain. Gavin Sheets of the White Sox is day-to-day with a bruised ankle. Mike Trout is going to begin rotational exercises today, and if it goes well, he could start taking batting practice. If he does that, we'll know a lot about when his potential return might be. Omar Narvaez left his game with a quad strain for the Brewers. He's also going to miss today's game. We'll see how it works out for the rest of the weekend. James McCann will return from the IL tomorrow, according to Buck Showalter, and will be in some sort of timeshare with Thomas Nito. He's no more than a streamer in single catcher formats for now, but he has been known to heat up. Keston Hura has been recalled by the Brewers after he posted a 10-24 OPS in 28 plate appearances in AAA with seven walks and nine strikeouts. That's the part that I'm really sort of interested in. The strikeout rate's been atrocious in the majors for Keston Hira, but he's walking a lot more this season, and he might just be onto something. I'm not grabbing Hira in any 10 or 12 teamers, but dynasty players and deep league managers should definitely keep an eye on that plate discipline. Other call-ups include Daz Cameron for the Tigers. He's mostly just a speed play. Mickey Moniak for the Angels. He's a little bit of a do-everything guy, but doesn't do a lot for fantasy. And then Jose Barrero of the Reds. Barrero is of particular note. He was once a top 50 prospect in many circles as recently as 2021, though he has struggled mightily with plate discipline and is having an awful year in AAA prior to this call-up. So just something to keep in mind. Now we'll look to the hitting action from yesterday. 
Manny Machado went three for four with a double, a home run, two runs scored. He was in a bit of a funk heading into the All-Star break, but it's really starting to turn it around now. If you're into the human element of the game, you have to imagine Manny Machado could not be happier with how his team is really aggressively trying to win. You know, Manny's been dogged for a lack of motivation before, but there is no way he's not feeling motivated right now. Jake Cronenworth, also of the Padres, he went two for three with a home run, two runs scored, and three RBI. He's actually walked more than he has struck out in 53 plate appearances since the All-Star break. And while Cronenworth won't be hitting third anymore, he will be hitting fifth behind Machado, Soto, and Bell, which should make the multi-RBI days a lot more plentiful. Luke Williams, out, speedy outfielder for the Miami Marlins, went free, three for three with a double, a run scored, and three stolen bases. Now, Williams himself is just a platoon outfielder. He shouldn't be rostered in mixed leagues. But the Marlins clearly plan to run like crazy against the Reds, who are now tied with the Angels and Rangers for the most stolen bases allowed. The Reds are also tied for the most runners thrown out, but in this context, that's actually just an indication that teams are running a lot against them, and they're doing it quite well, as the Reds allow a 76.5% success rate. That's something to keep in mind when you see speedy guys like Luke Williams facing the Reds. Jared Kelenic finally had something happen for him in this most recent call-up. He went one for four with a home run and two RBI. Of course, he was dominating in the minors prior to his call-up. It's been a slow start since he's been up, but it's worth noting he's faced some tough pitching staffs in the Yankees and Astros, but really, more importantly, it was just good to see Kalanick have something good happen to him. Trey Mancini, the new Astro, went one for four with a home run and two RBI, and if you haven't seen or heard about it yet, Mancini's been pulling the ball a lot more this season, and the changes to Camden Yards were crushing his home run potential. The confines in Minute Maid Park are much friendlier to right-handed pull power, and this should be a really good sign of things to come. Miguel Vargas of the Dodgers, the DH, he went 2-4 for four with a double, 2 RBI, and a stolen base. Until Chris Taylor and Justin Turner can return, which is probably sometime this month, Vargas should get some nice looks at DH, who's a top-10 prospect in the Dodgers system, thanks mostly to his nice hit tool and a little bit of pop. He might be worth a look in deeper leagues if you want to try to catch lightning in a bottle, though he might share the spotlight a little bit in that DH spot with other hot Dodger hitters that are currently on the bench, like Trace Thompson. Josh Bell with his new team, the Padres, he went 0 for 2, but he got two runs scored and two walks, and this is a really good example of how team context improves stat line. A two-walk day for the when he was a gnat usually didn't turn into two runs, especially since he often hit behind Juan Soto. I mean, he still does, but you know what I mean. So, now more walks can turn into good things for Josh Bell, and that's really, really nice to see. A couple other notable performances, Vlad Guerrero Jr., one for four with a stolen base. He's a speed demon now, folks. Vlad Guerrero Jr. leads the league, along with Andre Simenez of the Cleveland Guardians, with four steals since July 27th. I have no idea what to make of it, but it's a lot of fun. Speaking of steals, Andrew McCutcheon, the savvy vet, he got a nice stolen base after he went two for five with two doubles. Very nice to see from him. Jose Altuve had a four for four day with a double and a run scored. And Eloy Jimenez really heating up, showing a little bit more of the power, though it was all singles in his last game, but he went three for four with a run scored. Now we'll look at the starting pitching action from yesterday. I'll lead with a bit of a disappointing performance, but it was the debut of Fe Freddie Peralta off the injured list. He was at Pittsburgh, but he gets a no decision on 3.2 innings pitch, two earned runs, four hits, two walks, and three strikeouts. I don't want you to be too discouraged for the long term here with Freddie Peralta, but the command was way out of whack, and it's not as though Peralta was known for pristine command in the first place. He's a bit of a cherry bomb for August, but should really round out by the end of the season. Garrett Cole of the Yankees, he got the loss against the Mariners. He went six innings pitch with six earned runs, seven hits, one walk, and eight strikeouts. That sounds really bad, but really, it was, he gave up three home runs in the first inning and then dominated after. This is probably a blip on the radar as opposed to a deeper concern for Garrett Cole. Sandy Alcantara of the Marlins went against the Reds. He got the win on nine innings pitch. 
He had a complete game shutout with zero earned runs, six hits, one walk, three strikeouts, one way or another. Alcantara gets it done. It was a nice bounce back performance after the dud against the Mets, and he only walked a single batter in this one after multiple walks in three consecutive games. Jose Arquiti of the Astros got the win against the Red Sox. He went seven innings pitch with no earned runs, two hits, no walks, and 10 strikeouts, 15 wits. 97 pitches. He's in a total zone right now with fastballs up and breakers down. That's what we love to see. And as long as he can keep that up, he should have good results. Julio Urias, speaking of good results, he got the win against the Giants on six innings pitch, no earned runs, seven hits, no walked in, six strikeouts, 96 pitches. Again, every time I talk about Julio Urias, I talk about the velocity. He was sitting 94.4 miles an hour on the fastball and looking like that ace of old. If anyone out there in your leagues think they can sell high on Urias because this is just a, you know, a nice little streak for him. They aren't paying attention. You should go get him right now. Nick has Julio Urias on tier four of the list, but I'd probably have him up in tier three along with Webb, Bieber, Darvish, and others. And I wouldn't be shocked to see Nick move him up in the next list. I don't have any insider info there, but that's something I am kind of predicting. Charlie Morton of Atlanta, he went against the Phillies. He got a no decision on 6.2 innings pitch, no earned runs, three hits, one walk, and eight strikeouts. Look, it's a roller coaster that you probably have to keep riding, unfortunately. Unfortunately, Charlie Morton's upside is just too high to do anything else, and any trade partner you might have for Charlie Morton would need a sizable risk act appetite to give you anything even close to even value. Martin Perez of the Rangers went against the Orioles. He got a no decision on six innings pitch, one earned run, five hits, three walks, and nine strikeouts. And look, honestly, it's just that the changeup is back and so are the results. Yes, Martin Perez could implode at any time since he relies heavily on perfect execution of really one pitch and really impressive command, but the ups he has when he's when he's on are just well worth chasing. Shohei Otani went against the Oakland A's. He got the loss on 5.2 innings pitch, two earned runs, seven hits, one walk, seven strikeouts. You know, a lot of a lot of his pitches were just a little bit off, and this is what that looks like because good lord is he amazing. I mean, this is really the downside. He might allow a couple earned runs, a couple hits, the whip wasn't great, but he still gets the strikeouts. He still keeps the earned runs down. That's really what you like to see from a guy who doesn't have his best stuff on a certain day. Lance Lynn did have his best stuff so far this season, which hasn't necessarily always been good. He went against the Royals. He got the win on six innings pitch, one earned run, four hits, no walks, and eight strikeouts. And you can start Lance Lynn for his next start. But I'm just a little bit nervous because beating up on the Royals right now, who are no longer have Andrew Benintendi, who no longer have Whit Merrifield, it's just not super difficult. And he did give up a home run to the one hitter he had to watch out for in this game, which was Bobby Witt Jr. Joe Ryan of the Twins went against the Tigers. He's a right hander, so you know it was a good line. Five innings pitch, one earned run, three hits, no walks, and nine strikeouts. And this is just what right-handed pitching is going to do against the Tigers until they're able to get some more pop from the left side. <laughs> Akil Badu, which hasn't worked out for him. It's nearly 80% fastball from Ryan in this game, and it's going to be tough to make that work against different lineups. He actually gets the Dodgers next, so I would not be starting Joe Ryan against the Dodgers unless you're in the most desperate of circumstance. A couple other notable starts, just a little rapid fire here. Shane Bieber had a really nice game against the Diamondbacks, as you might expect. Six innings pitched, two earned runs, four hits, no walks, and eight strikeouts. Zach Wheeler got the win against Atlanta. He went seven innings pitch with one earned run, five hits, no walks, seven strikeouts, because he's just an ace right now. Blake Snell had a really nice game against the Road Rockies, which is why it's not super impressive, although the line's heck, you know, heck of a lot better than, you know, really I even hoped for. Six innings pitched, one earned run, four hits, no walks, nine strikeouts on 106 pitches. Luis Castillo had a great debut for the Mariners against the Yankees. He gets the win on 6.2 innings pitch, three earned runs, five hits, three walks, and eight strikeouts. That's a real nice line against a very good lineup. And Chris Bassett went against 
uh, what Nick now calls the Natty Lights, the Washington Nationals. He got the win on seven innings pitch, no earned runs, six hits, one walk, and just four strikeouts. Uh, but, you know, you're just going to get a lot of really good ratios out of those games against the Nationals. Looking at relief pitching performances from yesterday, David Robertson promptly got his first save for the Phillies, tossing a clean inning with two strikeouts. Ran 30 Dominguez will still get looks in the back end of that bullpen, I imagine, but David Robertson could run away with the job if he shows some consistency. Jorge Lopez also picked up a save for his new team, throwing a clean inning of his own with one strikeout against the Tigers. It's just a marginal step up for Lopez in general. He's still a closer, still on a team that should need plenty of saves, but it's also a clear confirmation that Joan Duran will be more of a fireman type going forward. He's a guy to hold, though, in holds leagues, though he may not see more save opportunities. Speaking of save and hold leagues, Jason Adams looks like save plus hold league gold right now for the Rays as he tossed a perfect inning to get the save against the Blue Jays. He now has four saves and 10 holds in his last 25 appearances with two saves and four holds in his last eight appearances. So a lot of nice stat action there. And then Zach Johnson got the save for the A's which is a situation to monitor for the save needy as he and AJ Puck could share the role there. Based on talents, I think Puck has more upside, but with Puck being a lefty, I could see Zach Jackson getting more saves due to his platoon advantage. Before we check out the weather and the day ahead, let's take a quick break and we will be back right after this. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show and we're back just in time to go to our friend Mark with the weather. Mark, tell us about the weather, man. Thank you very much. Well, we surprisingly had a busy weather day yesterday. And, well, I think we're going to have another one today. We have games um, in home cities. I'll list off first. Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, New York, Cleveland. We'll all have some showers and thunderstorms around them. Pittsburgh plays a afternoon game against the Brewers. Uh, Phillies is a night game against the Nationals, the Mets. Uh, that's New York team, I should have mentioned. That's They have a home team at night, a home game, obviously, at night against the Braves. Big 5 series over the weekend. And last but not least, Cleveland, the Guardians, host the Houston Astros, which is also a night game. So we're going to have to keep an eye on all these games as a slow-moving cold front moves into some very warm and humid air across the Northeast and the Great Lakes. Thank you very much, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, Mark. As always, we appreciate your weather insights. It's still a huge part of the game, even though the weather's tends to be a little bit better here in the summer months. As far as pitching and hitting options for today, looking at streamers, I'm looking at Nick Pavetta. Look, I know the guy's got command issues, but the depleted Royals may be powerless to do anything about it and take advantage of his misses. And while he may not rack rack up the strikeouts, Johnny Cueto has spun gold lately, posting six straight quality starts. The Ranger are a little 
Rangers are a little tougher than some of his recent opponents, but two of these quality starts that Cueto's got were against the Twins, so I don't understand why he couldn't get one against the Rangers. I think there's a nice shot for that there. On the hitting side, the Phillies draw Pablo Espino, who really hasn't shown any kind of consistency this season. Most of the big names in that lineup are already spoken for, but guys like Derek Hall, Bryson Stott, Didi Gregorius, and Brandon Marsh all have a platoon advantage here against the righty Pablo Espino, and they make up the 6-9 through nine spots in the order, which is a sneaky little stack in DFS, and any one of those guys is probably a nice add for today in Daily League. And then Drew Hutchinson of the Tigers is mostly a pitch-to-contact guy as a starter, so look for Rays hitters to have a big day. David Peralta and G-Man Choi are probably the most available. They're both lefties. They're guys I'm really looking at, but even a guy like Isak Paredes could have a decent line here. Definitely a stack you want to think about in DFS or guys to pick up in Daily League. And with that, we thank you so much for listening, folks. Please check out everything up us everything else up on the site we've got the sp roundup we've got the batters box we've got reliever ranks we've got all kinds of going deep content and please check out my other podcast hacks and jacks we just had an episode come out yesterday a lot of talk about the trade deadline and how to make trades in your own leagues if that's something you're interested in and until next time i hope you have a good one this has been the first pitch podcast brought to you by pitcherlist.com if you enjoyed today's episode rate us on itunes Follow us on Twitter at PitcherList and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.